And I'm Lyle Taffel. This is... Monglash. Yes, and you're listening to... Breakfast Show with Lyle and Mon. On... Faith FM. There you go. Lyle. Yes. Exciting times. Okay. For our listeners. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Exciting, exciting times, exciting times, exciting times. We're Gender giving line. away our Alpine holiday. If you want to go on an Alpine holiday, call us now. We're giving away uh, free passes to the Gingerbine Lodge up in the Alpine region of Australia. So there's the there's amazing um, oh, hiking, mountains, lake, Kangaroos, sailing, wombats, all kinds of birds, wildlife. We actually broadcast from there about a year ago, and we got to do it from like the tower of the thing, so like, we could see everything happening. Yeah, We'd be so like, oh, we're in the there, middle of broadcast, like, oh, look at that wombat rock walking across. It was so there. cool, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 When you get there, you'll see at the lodge there's like a you go up the stairs, but the stairs keep going up and up and up until you're into like it's like almost like a lookout tower with 360 degree view, and that was our studio for like a week, and it was uh-huh. just amazing. It was we magical. We should not have come back. I know. We should just stayed. <laughs> Wouldn't that have just been the best ever? Yeah. yeah. Anyway, that went great. Uh, but yeah, we're giving away a holiday um, for you to go and stay at the Genderbine Lodge uh, in uh, Genderbine, uh, which is is that in New South Wales? Yeah, it is, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, free accommodation at the beautiful lodge there. Uh, you you're only like a you you within you're not that far from Kosciuszko. You can go and climb Mount right, Kosciuszko, right, right, right. Which is an easy climb, you know. Yeah. It's the it's uh, you can do one of the um, you know they talk about climbing the tallest peaks on each continent. Mm-hmm. Here in Australia, that's pretty easy. Is it? yeah, yeah. It's pretty much a boardwalk yeah. all the way to the top. <laughs> a boardwalk all the way to the top. We should do a boardwalk oh, to the top a of um, Everest. I love it. No, it is. It is. I'm I would serious. love a boardwalk on Everest. That'd be mental. I would totally go do a boardwalk. On <laughs> Give me a oxygen tank. Go for a strolly stroll. Anyway, if you would like to win the Jindabyne Alpine Holiday, uh, it is actually super duper easy. We're not doing no, like, be the first person through. You don't have to answer anything. All you got to do is just register your details. So basically, call us anytime, 1-800-FAITH-FM. Tell us your name and your number, and we'll stick your name in the hat. You know, there is, there is, Everyone has a chance to win this. There is actually uh, debate as to whether it is the tallest mountain on this particular continent. Ooh, I would love to be involved with a team that has to double-check all that. Okay, so the question is, yeah. if you actually look at the continent, mm. um, Tasmania and Papua New Guinea are a part of the continent. Oh. The continent extends, right? Okay. And not Papua New Guinea, but New Guinea, the island of New Guinea, yeah, yeah, which yeah, includes, yeah, yeah. of course, Irin Jaya. And that's a really tall and mountain. And that has like a 16,000-foot mountain that's like 10,000 feet taller than Kosciuszko, nearly. Okay, so can we just say it's the tallest mountain in Australia? Yeah, yeah, we can do yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. But a lot is. of people when they do the uh, they do the peaks, you know, mm-hmm. the Kosciuszko is the one that they sort of do it in like uh, forty five yeah, minutes. Yeah, I they run up the back and it's like, yep, done. Largely, <laughs> people think that let's go and do Everest now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This was like a little snack on the yeah, way to the real right. meal. <laughs> I mean, people largely consider Australia to be its own continent. They don't really think of PNG as being a part of the picture. Yeah, but if you actually look at geographically, there are people who argue that. Um, but there are people who argue it New like Guinea. a million different ways. Like it's yeah, it's it's, it's what. It's okay, a quest- so for the sake of question- for the sake of the Faith FM Breakfast Show, we're going to say Australia is a continent, and you can be camped right near, within striking distance Australia's of largest, climbing to yeah, the top mountain. of the tallest mountain on this particular continent, um, and you can tick that one off your list as a trivia master. Continental questions are questions you can never ask. No, that's right. You just can't. <laughs> you will have a riot. 
in- people will be like, no, I'm right. No, you're right. I learned this in school. So did I. <laughs> There's no way to get that right. Like they all learn something different. <laughs> yeah, anyway. Yeah, look it up in Wikipedia if you are confused. It will just confuse you more. Yeah, I was just trying to say, <laughs> don't tell them that. But yeah, it is very confusing. Okay, so if you want to uh, go in the draw for that, just give us a call here, 1-800-324-843, and we will throw your name in the hat, uh, which we will draw out, uh, what is it, end of, end of first week in October, somewhere there. Yeah, somewhere around there. Yep. Somewhere around there. Yeah, In a few weeks away. Yeah, 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 in a few weeks' time. Okay, where are we up to? We are uh, studying today in the 20 million movement. We are up to our new quiz. Oh, we mm-hmm. are too. Starting I, a new I, quiz right now. This is clue number one. I'm going to make a prophecy. Uh, go on. Did you I, look at the quiz card? Because I'm a prophet. Did you look at the quiz card? No. Why do you look so suspicious right <laughs> now? What have you done, Lyle Brennan South? I'm going to make a prophecy. You're going to do another what city am I? That's not a prophecy. I told you guys that last time. Oh. <laughs> Great prophecy, Lyle. <laughs> that one's certainly coming true. Yes, let's do three what cities in a row because these are great. Um, okay, so this is the first clue for this one. Joshua did not draw back the hand that held out his javelin until all who lived in this city were destroyed. Mm, give us a call if you think you know who that is. Uh, Lyle has it correct. He's already written it down. Uh, give us a call on one eight hundred one eight hundred. Don't say that one eight hundred Faith FM. Um, stop coughing into the microphone, would you? Just, just turn your head or something. <laughs> but give us a call. It's quietly dying over here. One eight hundred three two four eight four three, and uh, you can step up the price today. All right, twenty million movement Bible study. Let's go to First Corinthians chapter fifteen, verse twenty two and twenty three. Please, Mon. So that's Corinthians, First Corinthians, chapter 22 and verse... No, chapter 15. Chapter 15, sorry, verse 22. And 23. Wait, first or second Corinthians? First. I am not good with numbers. Numbers jump around in my head as soon as you say them. Did you yeah. want to turn the microphone off so you can quietly cough? I want to turn the microphone off so I can quietly die. So, first um, so Corinthians, I'm just waiting for you to get to this 15, verse so you can start reading. Chapter 15 and verse 22. That'll work. I just want to double check that one more time. First Corinthians. <laughs> okay, First Corinthians chapter 15, 22 by Lyle has a cough. Just as everyone dies because we all belong to Adam, everyone who belongs to Christ will be given new life. But there is an order to this resurrection. Christ was raised as the first of the harvest. Then all belong- who belong to Christ will be raised when he comes back. I'm just going to keep reading until you finish doing a thing over there, Lyle. Your microphone's still off. You can't stop looking at you. I think I'm back to life again okay, now. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. Sorry, everybody. You had to put up with that. It's all good. I don't think they heard, Lyle. I don't I think f- they heard. I feel better now. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure you I feel, feel lighter better. too. Our producer could hear, so I think everybody else heard. No, no. But that's okay. All right. So, in this passage, mind, what's the, what's the Bible t- telling us about here? Um, that everyone dies. Mm hmm. Uh, we're all descendants of Adam, mm-hmm. um, but anyone who's chosen Christ will be given a new life. Two things that are sure in life. It begins by telling us. Yep. Well, one of those things, death uh, and, then, and but, taxes. But it does say there's an order. Like Things happen in an orderly fashion Okay. at this resurrection thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we die. Yep. Then we rest. Right. And then we're resurrected. Right. It also says Christ was raised as the first of the harvest. Ah, but he wasn't. He wasn't the first one to be raised from the dead, no. 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 Uh, Moses was the first one to be raised from the dead. That we know of. Yes, mm-hmm. that the Bible speaks of. Yeah. Okay, so when we look at this particular passage right here, why would it say that Jesus is the first when Moses was resurrected before him? Is Moses a type? Uh, 
Um, yes. But that still doesn't answer the question why it says Jesus was the first. Well, it does say... You know, there were others who were resurrected <laughs> who stayed here on this earth and still died uh, the first death just a second time over. Uh, well, it does... It, wait, wait, wait. Let me, let me say this. It does say here that Christ was raised as the first of the harvest. So maybe Moses being raised the dead wasn't in regards to the harvest. Well, it actually was. Was it? Yeah. Are you sure? Because mm-hmm. I mean, you can like go on a field of flowers. Okay. And because pick you, when, one. when you think about um, the mountain of transfiguration, who was it that came and met with Jesus there? Moses, Moses and Elijah. And how did Elijah get to heaven? In a flaming chariot. That's right. Um, and how did Moses get to heaven? Uh, well, no one really knows. He just was taken. He was resurrected. Okay, so the reason is that uh, Moses and Elijah, they are types, yes, um, types or symbols. They were there as representatives, Elijah, of all those who would be taken to heaven without ever experiencing death, and Moses, a representative of all those who would be taken to death, taken to heaven, having died and been resurrected from the dead. Mm-hmm. Of course, this would have been very motivating for Jesus because basically they're standing there and saying, hey, look, we are here yep. on the merits of your promise to give your life. Amen. And so we're here to encourage you because if you don't go through with this, we're dead, we're done, we're finished, mm-hmm, we're, mm-hmm. we're lost. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the same time, the fact that they are there shows that the sacrifice would be enough. It would be sufficient. It would work. And so they're saying, look, this is not something that you need to be um, in any way unsure about because Jesus in his humanity would have, you know, his whole human being would have shrunk from the cross. It's like, I don't want to go through with this. I don't want to do this. You know, it's completely the opposite of what human beings, um, how human beings respond and what they actually do, you know, how their brains work. And we're like, no, 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 no. And, and they're like, yes, 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 because it will work. Yeah. Okay, so they haven't just been resurrected from the dead. They've been resurrected to salvation. Uh, which is important. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Okay, so Jesus, doesn't matter which way you look at it, he's not the first one resurrected. Yeah. So but he is explain? the first in importance. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So first, uh, you know, first lady, you know, things mm. like that. Um, oh, okay, yeah, gotcha. First in importance. So he's the first in importance that has been resurrected from the dead. Why was Jesus the most important one to be resurrected from the dead, and what does that actually mean to us as Christians? Because his resurrection is the key to the rest of us being resurrected. Why? Because um, he will have paid the penalty for sin. Okay. And if he didn't pay the penalty for sin, and if he didn't come back to life, or if he didn't come back to life, the penalty would have obviously been insufficient. The, the, the payment would have been Insufficient. Mm-hmm. That's right. And so the fact that Jesus came back to life shows that the payment was sufficient mm-hmm. to save us. So this is a really important uh, part of the uh, promise of salvation. Um, well, let's go back to verse 17, please, Mon. Can you read that one for us, please? Verse 17, the same chapter in the same book says, And if Christ has not yet been raised, then your faith is useless. And you are still guilty of your sins. Okay, so how important here is the resurrection in this passage? It's crucial. It's critical. It's the the linchpin. It's a centerpiece, isn't it? Yeah, that's it. What I find interesting is how the New Testament makes the resurrection central to their message. 
This is this is kind of the centerpiece. This is this is what motivates them. This is the driving force behind the Christian Church. Uh, if it had just been the death of Jesus, and they're like, "Well, you know, we've got a new understanding of the death of Jesus," there would have been a story to tell. But it would never have had the impact that it had without the resurrection. It was the resurrection that made this story go like wildfire. Hmm. You know, this was it was the resurrection that caused this. The, the the message of the gospel and the Christianity to you know within you know two hundred to three hundred years one in ten people in the entire empire had come across to Christianity. Nobody has ever seen a religion explode like this religion exploded literally on the world, and the resurrection was the driving force behind it. Do you think that they could have chosen anything more obscure on which to base a new religion? Obscure? Yeah, how often do resurrections happen? Yeah, I suppose so. True. Or unlikely, I might say. Yeah, no. So really what they've done here is chosen the most unlikely thing possible. The one thing that people are most likely to go, yeah, nah, when Mm -hmm. they hear it. Yep, yep, absolutely. As the foundation of their story. It's a good point. It's counterintuitive, isn't it? Yeah. It's very counterintuitive. Especially because you can't really witness it again, have, like repeat, can't do a repeat of that. No, yeah. no, it's not. It's not. Uh, you can't put it through the scientific method of mm. uh, empirical science of uh, observable, testable, repeatable. Yeah, uh, that's not possible. And yet, the reality is that people believed what they were saying and became Christians as a result of it. And Chris, this is the foundation right here of Christianity. Uh, 2,000 years later, we are Christians because we believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Did you see the resurrection? Nope. Not me either. I didn't see the resurrection. Do I believe in the resurrection? Absolutely, I believe in the resurrection. And there's a whole bunch of different reasons for that. Sometimes I think that non-Christians kind of look at us and go, well, you know, Christians believe because they believe because they believe, you know, and they just exercise this faith. And by exercising this faith, it has a positive impact on their lives. And, you know, we can see that. But it's kind of hard to believe if you don't believe. And so while we would like to have that positive impact, it's not really available to us because we don't actually believe that Jesus came back from the dead. They fail to realize that Christians have actually very, very good evidence for believing in the resurrection. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we've talked about that before. If we get time, we'll talk about it more here this morning, some of the evidences that we have for believing in the resurrection. Anyway, we're going to go back here in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 because this is really the theme of this, uh, sorry, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. This is a theme that carries all the way through this particular chapter. Uh, Let's start in verse 1. Uh, 15 verse 1 says, Let me now remind you, dear brothers and sisters of the God, of the good news, sorry. I preached to you before. You welcomed it then, and you still stand firm in it. Keep going. It is this good news that saves you if you continue to believe the message I told you, unless, of course, you believe something that was never true in the first <coughs> place. I pass on to you what was most important, and what had also been passed on to me. Christ died for our sins, just as the scriptures said. He was buried and he was raised from the dead on the third day, just as the scriptures said. He was seen by Peter and then by the twelve. After that, he was seen by more than 500 of his followers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have died. There, then he was seen by James and later by all the apostles. Last of all, as though I had been born at the wrong time, I also saw him. 
For I am the least of all the apostles. In fact, I am not even worthy to be called an apostle after the way I persecuted God's church. Mm, Okay. So here he builds a foundation for believing in the resurrection. He is writing to a group of people who have not seen it, not experienced it, uh, not a part of their culture, not a part of their religion, uh, not a part of their country, not a part of their language, um, not a part of their geography, you know, different part of the world. He's speaking about an event that is incredibly unlikely. Mm-hmm. And what credibility does he give to the resurrection of Jesus in this passage here? Well, he lists off all the people who were eyewitnesses, mm-hmm. and um, you know, and then he himself testifies his own his own personal story about it. So. Do you believe in the Book of Mormon? I do not, no. Okay, not me either. And uh, all respect to our um, friends who are part of the uh, Church of the Latter-day Saints. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I don't believe in the Book of Mormon. Um, but there were eyewitnesses of the Book of Mormon. Okay. And Paul says there are eyewitnesses of the resurrection of Jesus. Isn't it just the same thing? Which I don't really understand what you mean by saying eyewitnesses of the Book of Mormon. Like, yeah, the tablets that uh, the oh, angel that, Moroni okay. brought that mm, uh, Joseph okay, Smith then wrote them down. Okay. Um, yeah, I, don't know, <coughs> I think there's some, I think there's some significant differences. Okay. And one of those differences is that I think there was like what Joseph Smith showed them to three people, mm-hmm. uh, and then you know they were destroyed or taken away. Um, whatever, I don't remember all of the details. If you're a member of the Latter-day Saints, then maybe you can give us a call and correct us on, on our um, details. It's not something I know a lot about. But what you've got here is he starts off and he goes through all of the eyewitnesses. Mm-hmm. And he says there's a large number of them. Um, <clears throat> he was seen of Peter, then of the 12, then of more than 500, um, and then of James and all the apostles, and last of all, me. Yeah. And then he goes on to state that, you know, the majority of these people are still alive today. In other words, there's, 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 there's more than 500 people alive right now. If you don't believe my story, go and interview them. Right. Mm-hmm. This would not have been an incredibly difficult thing to do in those days. Uh, you could have, you know, tracked down quite a number of these people, I would say, quite easily, uh, particularly as they were involved in missionary endeavors in many, many different parts of the world and heard an eyewitness account and then been able to go you know, to another part of the world, hear, hear another eyewitness account and get the collaborating evidence that this had actually taken place. There is no way of explaining 500 people giving an eyewitness account of one event other than that the event actually happened. Yes, correct. Yeah. You know, If you restrict it to one or two people or three people, something like that, mm-hmm. then yeah, you can make stuff up. In, yeah. in fact, you can get your heads together. You know, if even it was the 12, the 12 could have got their heads together and colluded together to create a deception. Mm-hmm. But do you then give your life for a deception as the disciples did? No. You know, if you just made something up because like, yeah, I reckon we're going to make some money out of this. You've got to have motivation to, to make up this religion to begin with. Right. How much money did they make out of it? None. How much money did Paul start off with? As he was a quite lawyer, wealthy, wasn't he? Yeah. Oh, he was incredibly wealthy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Joseph of Arimathea, incredibly wealthy. Nicodemus, fabulously wealthy. These were all incredibly wealthy individuals who gave everything they had to share the message of the resurrection and died in poverty as martyrs as a result of that. At some particular point, if you had made this up, you would quietly move off to Spain and start over again. Mm-hmm. 
yeah. as somebody else, just rename yourself and make a fresh start in life and go, oh, yeah, that was a bit of a failure. Mm-hmm. Um, we thought we'd make some uh, some good money out of that particular venture, but instead our lives are at threat, so we're not going to go down that path anymore. Yeah, right. But that's not what happened. They went as hard as they could for as long as they could. They sacrificed their lives. They sacrificed their possessions. They threw absolutely everything behind the sharing of this message and that's why it went why it went forward so powerfully and was so convincing and grew so rapidly in the ancient world anyway more about this uh, when we come back this is paul kelly and charlie owen with meeting me in the middle of the air i am your true shepherd I will lead you there Beside still waters Come and meet me In the middle of the air I will meet you In the middle of the air I will lay you down In pastures green and fair Every soul shall be restored I will meet them in the middle of the air Come and meet me in the middle of the air Through the lonesome valley My rod and staff you bear Dead stock shadow Come and meet me In the middle of the air I will meet you In the middle of the air With oil I shall anoint you A table shall I prepare your cup will runneth over I will meet you in the middle of the air Come and meet me in the middle of the air In my house you'll dwell forever You shall not want for kings Surely goodness and mercy will follow you Come and meet me in the middle of the air I will meet you in the middle of the air Come and meet me That was Paul Kelly and Charlie Owen here on Faith FM. And if you are wondering what the What City Am I quiz uh, answer is, then here is a hint for you. What are you talking about? Here's a hint for Benjamin you. Benjamin has proposed annexing the part of the West Bank in which 
in which area you will find the ruins of this particular city. Okay, fine. That happened overnight. That is a cool clue. Yeah, it's a very cool clue. It is cool. You just got to stay up on the news. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Stay up on the news. I'm going to give you a proper clue. I I was actually thinking about doing a story on that this morning. Oh, reals? Yes. Because, I mean, the whole state of Israel, you know, the West Bank, Gaza Strip, all this kind of stuff is such a vexed question. How do you solve it? Mm. You know? And I think this is actually probably a step in the right direction. Mm -hmm. Um, They're only talking about annexing a part of this occupied territory. Um, and there's a whole million reasons why they don't annex the whole lot, but at least these people will no longer, the people in this area will no longer be stateless. Okay. I like to, I think I sort of take the, the, the mum approach. If you can't play nicely, none of you can have it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, just Mon has it? No, no, no. Just, just evacuate yeah. everyone, turn it into one big national park. Just yep. bulldoze with, it, plant with, some with, trees. There you go. Well, you, you, you've been doing the mum you approach. That means you, you, you have it. So, um, no, Mon, like, Mon's in charge of. It'll uh, be like a free state, <laughs> but no one's allowed to live there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's how it is with kids. If you can't play nicely with it, then no one gets to play with it. You spoil it for yourselves. You spoil it for everyone. It would be cool to turn it into a big national park. <coughs> just just, just, just turn it into a big outdoor museum. Right. Exactly. Yeah. There's plenty yep. enough there to see. Yeah. And you could go on excavating there forever there and finding new mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. So you're on the ball. I'm telling you, this is a solution. If you can't play nice with it, Mon has solved the Middle East. I have. I did. There you go. (laughs) Whoop, there. You're welcome. You're welcome. World, you're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Let me give you a proper clue for this quiz, though. What city am I? You say my clue wasn't proper. I'm saying it's not on the clue card. Joshua sent men to spy out this city. Mm. Mm. 1-800-324-843. Snap yourself up a prize. Indeed. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, where were we talking? We, we, we were talking about the resurrection, weren't we? We were, yes. And the promise of the resurrection and how Paul here stands up and says, hey, if you don't believe me, go and interview all of the eyewitnesses who saw it. Right. You would not do that if you were not sure of those eyewitnesses. Right. Um, then let's go down to verse 12. Why don't you pick up the story for us in verse 12 through 19, please, there. Of chapter 15. Yeah, chapter 15. But tell me this. Since we preach that Christ rose from the dead, why are some of you saying that there will be no resurrection of the dead? Whoa, 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 whoa. We have to stop there for a moment and consider this. This church, church in Corinth, was a mess. Oh, I see. They were in a serious mess. And one of the problems that they had was they were preaching false doctrine. Oh, what were they preaching? No resurrection of the dead. No resurrection whatsoever? None whatsoever. Oh, mercy. That's a bit hopeless, isn't it? It is. It is indeed. Now, I don't know whether they'd got involved with immortality of the soul or one of these other um, heresies, but they were preaching no resurrection of the dead. And Paul's like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. If you're not going to have resurrection of the dead, What's what the about point? Jesus? Mm-hmm. Yep. And if Jesus is not resurrected from the dead, then doomed. why are you Christians? Mm-hmm. Keep reading. For there is no resurrection of the dead. For sorry, for if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, then all of our preaching is useless, and your faith is useless. And we apostles would all be lying about God, for we have said that God raised Christ from the grave. But that can't be true if there is no resurrection of the dead. And if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then your faith is useless and you are still guilty of your sins. In that case, all who have died believing in Christ are lost. And if our hope in Christ is only for this life, we are more to be pitied than anyone in the world. I love how it says that in the KJV. It says, we are of all men 
most miserable. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> Great language right there. And, uh, of course, you know, um, witnessing the resurrection of Jesus completely transformed the first disciples. You know, Jesus had previously, previously sent them out to announce and to um, enact and to live the kingdom of God. But at Jesus' death, you know, their courage and every, you know, their, their faith was shattered. <clears throat> their hopes were smashed. But then Jesus comes along. He comes back from the dead. He gives them the Great Commission. And it was by the power of the Holy Spirit and by the power of the, I guess, the excitement that they experienced from having witnessed the resurrection that they go out and do, you know, really, really amazing, life-changing things in the world. They mm. turn the world upside down. Yeah. And this was a large part of the reason why we talked about earlier so many of them, nearly all of them, died in poverty, a martyr's death. Wow. And they were prepared to do that because the fear of death had been taken away from them. Mm. The fear of death had been taken away from them by the fact that they had seen Jesus come back from the dead. They were eyewitnesses of the power of God to bring people back from the dead. And so it was like, well, what do we need to fear? I'm not going to die right now. So let's just, you know, what's the, what's the what's the struggle right here? Anyway, let's go down a few more verses there. Um, verse 30 and 31, please. 30 and 31. Oh, I've got a stitch of my page. Hang on a second. It's a little bit like this, Mon. Imagine this. Mm. Imagine if you knew... <clears throat> imagine if you knew the date that you were going to die. Oh, yeah. Uh, and let's say it was say, six years from now. Okay. And so let's say that you were flying in a plane mm -hmm. and the plane started to crash. Mm-hmm. Would you have anything to be afraid of? I guess not. No, because you know, yeah, you know you're you know you're not gonna know. die. Yeah. Oh 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 yeah, yeah, you mean before then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. In that six year might be a bit different story. In the six year it'd be a different story, yeah. Oh, yeah let's yeah, say no. but so let, let's say that you knew the date you were a going to die percent. and you knew how you were going to die. Oh yeah, I would not be afraid of anything at whatsoever. Yeah, at you, all. you you would go and you'd become an adrenaline junkie, wouldn't you? I would be such like a I would just yeah. You would It'd place yourself on the front page of oh, newspapers all over the world by doing crazy things yep, you know it. because it's like, well, it's impossible for me to die. Uh -huh, yeah, 100%. And this is kind of the attitude of the disciples. They did crazy things for Jesus Christ because they knew and believed in the resurrection. Oh, no. Do we really believe in the resurrection? You know, I think that we often say that we do. But then we get scared all the time, don't we? Mm -hmm. And if we had really experienced the resurrection in the way that they had experienced the resurrection, I don't think we would have that same fear. I mean, the, the human nature automatically is wired to recoil from death and from danger. And I'm not saying, I'm not recommending that uh, you go out and become an, an adrenaline junkie. Uh, just because there is a thing called the resurrection. No, that's yeah. presumption. There's also this thing called presumption. Uh -huh, that's right. Um, and there's another thing that is called stupidity. Mm -hmm, that's right. Um, two things that are to be avoided at all costs. There's also something called paralyzation. Yeah, this is true. <laughs> and the Darwin Award. Mm -hmm. um, let's not be going and winning any Darwin Awards today. But uh, we do need to, we, 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 do, we should have confidence in the resurrection. And it should take away our fear of death. Did we read verse 30, 31 already? 
I did I? No, I don't think I did. No. Okay. And why should we ourselves risk our lives hour by hour? For I swear, death, dear brothers and sisters, that I face death daily. This is as certain as my pride in what Christ Jesus our Lord has done in you. Okay, and this is rich, literally how it was for these guys. They were facing death on a daily basis. But when you go down to um, the end of the chapter, it says, you know, death is swallowed up in victory. Mm-hmm. That's in verse 54. Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, grave, where is your victory? Death has no victory and no sting when there is something called the resurrection. These are promises that we need to hang on to. This is Indelible Grace Music with Lo He Comes. I shall then behold him Robed in dreadful majesty Those who said and not sold him Pierced and nailed him to the tree Deeply wailing, deeply wailing Shall the true Messiah see By man rejected Now shall meet him in the
enjoy fantastic food, fun, friends and fellowship? Sure do. Then join us at the Philos Food Hub. For $5, you can receive a large food pack with free fruit and veggies thrown in and a complimentary breakfast as well. Wow. Where? At the Adventist Church on Newcastle Road, Walls End, number 63. Is that the big iconic A-frame church near the roundabout? Sure is, and it starts 10 a.m. every Thursday. Great. I'll see you there. Is forgiveness, or the lack of forgiveness, eating away at you? A relationship breakdown, maybe. Long-term hurt, unresolved conflict. You know, it can be dealt with. If you want to break the cycle and start living a more forgiving life, Forgive to Live is a program designed to help us all improve our lives and be more forgiving. Don't let it eat away at you anymore. If you're keen to discover the power of forgiveness, why don't you take that first step and head to forgivetolive.org.au. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio.
Welcome back. You're listening to Faith FM. This is The Breakfast Show with Lyle and Mon. I'm going to give you one more clue for this What City Am I quiz, and then we're going to move on to our question of the day. So What City Am I? This city was the site of the Israelites' second conflict in Canaan under the leadership of Joshua. Mm, so all our quiz clues so far have something to do with Joshua. So it might be a good idea to go and read the story of Joshua and then you can figure out what city this is and then give us a call. Uh, our number is 1-800-FAITH-FM, 1-800-324-843. You can text your answers to 0491-064-669 and the correct answer will, of course, be sent a prize. It's also the same numbers and texting line if you want to send in a question of the day. Um, Which somebody has sent in. Yes, indeed. Where's your phone, Lyle? Uh, yes, it's in the... The producer has it. Producer Shell stealing our phone. Okay, here we go. All right. Wow. Here it is with the question of the day. What have you got for us? Summon up the video, and now I'm recording you. Question of the day, Lyle. Here we go. This is an intense one. Angels exist in heaven as conscious spiritual beings. God's eternal nature is a conscious spirit. So is the human spirit also aware and conscious after we pass away and our spirit goes to God? Okay, so that's an interesting thought. God's eternal nature is a, is spirit. But is God's is do angels have the same eternal nature as God? And of course, the answer to that is no. If we go over to uh, let me see here, Timothy, 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 Timothy. <coughs> the Bible says this in First Timothy chapter six and verse. 16 or 15, which in his times he shall show who is the blessed and only potentate, the King of kings and Lord of lords, who only has immortality or who alone has immortality. And so when we talk about that eternal, immortal spirit, God is the only one who has that. Now, of course, mortal means subject to death. And, of course, immortality is a gift that God gives to us. It is not something that we automatically have. We know this because if we go over to Ezekiel, um, we can read here about Satan. Now, Satan is a spirit being. And the Bible says that Satan will die. Satan will be killed. Satan will will be destroyed. God's purpose is not to preserve sin and evil and pain and suffering for eternity. God will bring it to an end. And speaking to Satan here in Ezekiel chapter 28 and verse 18, 
Uh, it says, You have defiled your sanctuaries by the multitude of your iniquities, by the iniquity of your traffic. Therefore, I will bring forth a fire from the middle of you. It shall devour you. And I will bring you, Satan, to ashes upon the earth in the sight of all those that behold you. And so Satan will die. His evil angels will die. That's what the Bible says. And so when it comes to us as human beings, yes, the Bible says in Ecclesiastes chapter 12 and verse 7, that when a, when a human dies, then shall the dust return to the earth as it was, and the spirit shall return to God who gave it. And the question really is, does that spirit that returns to God, does that somehow have consciousness? We need to understand what that spirit is. And the Bible defines what that spirit is over in the book of Job chapter 27 and verse 3. <clears throat> where it says, All the while my breath is in me, and the Spirit of God is in my nostrils. Now, that does not mean that you have a ghost in your nose. It simply means that the breath, the pneuma, uh, from which we have the word pneumatic, or the ruach in, in uh, Hebrew, simply means air. This is the gift of life. And when we are conceived, God gives us the gift of life. When we die, God takes the gift of life back. When we are resurrected, the opposite takes place, and God returns the gift of life to us again. And so that's what the Bible is talking about when it talks about the Spirit of God or the breath of life. Now, the Bible is very, very clear that there is no consciousness after death. There are so many verses that we could look at on this. I'm going to start in Psalm 6 and verse 5, where the Bible says, For in death there is no remembrance of you. In the grave, who will give you thanks? That's very, very clear. Back in Ecclesiastes chapter 9, the Bible says, For the living know that they will die, but the dead know not anything. Neither have they any more reward, for the memory of them is forgotten. Also their love, their hatred, their envy is now perished. Neither have they anything uh, any more of a portion forever for anything that is done under the sun. Whatsoever your hand finds to do, do it with your might, for there is no work, nor device, nor knowledge, nor wisdom in the grave where you are going. The Bible says there is no consciousness after death until the resurrection. And we could go to one verse after another. Uh, Psalms 146, verse 3 and 4. Psalms 115, verse 17. Right throughout the Bible you have the same principle carried on right here. There is no consciousness um, after death. We're going to uh, continue on. This is uh, True North with and can, can it be? it be that I should gain an interest in my Savior's love? Died he for me who caused his pain, for me who scorned his perfect love? Amazing love. How can it be that you, my God, would die for me? Amazing love, how can it be that you, my God, would die for me? You left your father's throne above So free and infinite your grace Emptied yourself of all but love And bled for Adam's helpless race Amazing love 
How can it be that you, my God, would die for me? Amazing love, how can it be that you, my God, would die for me? Amazing love, how can it be? Amazing love, how can it be? Boldly I come before your throne to claim your mercy immense and free. No. Rapes, killings, terrorist attacks, drive-by shootings, catastrophic disasters by land and sea appear to be universal and are far too common and are happening in quicker succession than ever. Today, we and our children have become hardened to these almost unthinkable and unbearable atrocities and disasters. Here is a book, Cracking the Code. It pulls back the curtain on the origin of this evil and why it is escalating. You say, hey, don't talk to me about these terrible problems we're facing. I don't need to be told again and again what I already know. Tell me, how do we stop this deadly disease that is sucking the life out of an entire world? This book, Cracking the Code, answers this billion-dollar question and much more. That, Lyle, is the book that we're giving away today for free. That sounds pretty exciting to me. Cracking the Code Behind Enemy Lines. It's written by E.G. White. You can get it totally for free right now. I just read out the back cover. Give us a call, 1-800-FAITH-FM. If you'd like this completely for free, I cannot stress this enough, just be the first person to call us through, 1-800-324-843. It's 1-800-FAITH-FM, and we'll send that to you free of charge. There you go. So give us a call, 1-800-324-843, and you will get your free gift for today. Um, so we give away prizes and we give away free gifts. This is the free offer that comes at the end of every show. Yes, and if you'd like to study the Bible, we are in the business of hooking you up with some Bible study. You can be online, in person, small group setting with the Bible tutor. Hey, I'll give you an even better way. Come along to Raymond Terrace Mission starting on the 21st of this month. Nice. Come along. The 20th of this month. Yep. The 20th of this month and uh, Raymond Terrace Mission, Lawson and I will be presenting uh, Prophetic Code right there. I like that you've got the wool. Oh. 
Cause it suits me fine To know that you don't even realize I like the way that you don't question anything And I love the way that you go along with everything I've got you under my control And you, you don't even know You don't even know And I've got you under my control And you, you don't even know And you don't even know Just don't think about it Live life to the full It doesn't really matter What's really real Keep that veil real close, oh, don't peek through It doesn't really matter what's really true And it suits me just fine It suits me just fine Cause you're trapped in your habits And you don't realize what you've lost till you're gone Produce more entertaining things, keep our mind occupied When's the next storyline? Well, I can't wait to see what they'll think of next And, oh, give me more of the Games of Thrones Cause I like keeping up with the Joneses Don't really mind who was Moses And, when's the next YouTube session? I've got a Netflix obsession I'll be fine, just take up all my time And it suits me just fine best intentions for you and I don't want anyone else to be Lord of your life Lord of your life I want everything good for you I've tried to show you but people mind my name people make you afraid of me that's not what I'm like oh search for me and know me for yourself for yourself Singing it in songs and I'm really true 
search for me. My arms are open wide. Search for me. My arms are open wide. And someone has pulled the wool over your eyes. Oh, please don't, don't be deceived by pretty little things. Please search deep for me. I gave my life to know you.、Ooh.